Hey everyone, welcome to By Our Love Podcast. This is Charlton and Natasha. We are a large Christian family living abroad in East Africa, and we would like to invite you along on our journey of faith, hope, and love. On this podcast, we're going to be discussing our Christian walk, kingdom convictions, discipleship, and church planting, as well as international adoption, the ins and outs of daily life as a family of 12, and inviting on special guests that motivate and inspire us. We hope to be a source of encouragement and challenge the status quo. Thanks for joining us. Welcome back to another episode of By Our Love podcast. Well, on today's episode, uh, we're going to talk about quarantine here in Uganda. Um, Our quarantine just got extended another 21 days. And so we want to just briefly discuss how that's been for each of us and also how we're utilizing our time. Uh, We are called in scripture to redeem the time for the days are evil. And what does that mean? How can we be a people a covenant people who are truly redeeming the time that we have been given by God. And also, we want to think through what does it mean to be separated, separated from the world and separated unto God. So we are excited to welcome back some guests that we've had on previously, Graham Weber and Stanley Cornelson. If you have not had a chance to listen to the episode that they were in, I would encourage you to do so. We talk about oral communication in Uganda and the project that they are a part of looking into orality. So thank you guys for joining us for today's episode. It's great to be back. Yeah, thanks for having us. Hey, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. We hope that you are doing well, staying home, staying safe. Like Charlton mentioned, we have three more weeks of in-home quarantine, um, In Kampala, we are not allowed to have any um, private transportation or public transportation, and our curfew is at 7 p.m. at night, and so we are just hunkered down at home with all the children and uh, Graham and Stan, who live actually behind us. They call it like a boys' quarters, Um, and it is separate from our house, but it's little rooms, and they have a kitchen, and Yeah, so there they are. They're back there listening to our children scream all day. Um, So how are you guys doing? How is quarantine in Kampala? Well, quarantine has been um, interesting so far. I am counting my blessings. There's many things that we have here that uh, many people um, do not have, such as uh, we don't have to worry about where our next meal is going to come from. Um, We're not we're not in in uh, in great need that way. Um, I am starting to feel the the um, being cooped up uh, feeling from um, staying at home day after day. But um, I guess I'm trying to to find the balance between being happy to have extra time to get things done and um, feeling sad that um, I'm not able to to go out and talk to people, uh, friends that I have here in, in uh, Kampala and such. Um, but it is what it is. Quarantine is here, and I'm trying to, to make the best use of it. I'm thanking, thanking God that we're all healthy, and um, other than 
Graham, who had a bout of malaria last week. Uh, he'll, I'll let um, him, him talk to you about that. Yeah, Graham had, uh, had malaria. We were very concerned for him, but we were also praising God, which was kind of, you know, strange, a little awkward. Like, praise the Lord, it's malaria. Um, but actually, you know, a lot of people do um, get really sick and die from malaria. That is one of the leading causes of death in Africa is malaria. So it is quite serious. Um, but before we move on to Graham, um, I like what you said, Stanley, about we are very grateful that we do have food because a lot of people are going without. In fact, I just read a news article that the funding is down about 30% for um, refugees in Uganda. And as many of you know, we have done a lot of work with the South Sudanese refugees. So that is really heartbreaking to know that they're going without and as well as a lot of our neighbors. And so, yeah, it's just really hard times. But yeah, um, if you don't mind sharing about your malaria experience, I'm sure that would be interesting for people to hear. Yeah, I had malaria about, uh, I guess it was a week ago now. And I can say that it's definitely not a fun experience. But at the same time, I could not have picked a better time to get sick than during quarantine when most of my daily activities were on hold. Um, yeah, it definitely took me down for a few days, almost a week, where I was not being very productive. Um, had a lot of fever, headache, a um, little bit of an upset stomach, and yeah, just that feeling very sick. Um, but I also had the privilege of having treatment right away and um, just having nice conditions to be sick in, which many people do not have, and that's when it can be uh, very dangerous. So it was not fun, but it was also um, nothing that I was worried about, and uh, I've been recovering just fine. So how has the quarantine beyond getting sick, how's the quarantine been for you thus far? In some ways, I'm surprised um, how little about my life has changed. It has changed a lot in terms of uh, what I do from day to day, but my life right now um, has probably, I have less of a social life than um, a lot of people. And so in that way, um, staying home is not that new to me. Um, but I would say that as it's been dragging out longer, I've been feeling that more, the, the need to, um, socialize and I'm, I'm missing that a lot more now I would say than I have been. Um, but it's been a big adjustment to, um, know how to use my time. Uh, I, we do have work to do, which is a huge blessing for us. We are not, um, sitting around with nothing to do. We do have work to do with um, the Bible Academy, working on curriculum for that. Uh, but knowing how to balance that and how to use some of the extra time for a personal study and, um, yeah, just leaving some extra time for those things as well, it's been a bit of a challenge. Yeah, I think the, the biggest thing for me is just the, the change in the schedule. Like, you know, you have your days 
mapped out like each day of the week, especially when the Bible Academy was going on, but just going up to Antioch, uh, knowing uh, what was on the agenda for the day just really helps to kind of measure and keep that time. And, and so that has been done away with in some way. And, uh, you know, for, for myself, it feels like things have changed, uh, but in some ways it feels like they really haven't changed. I'm, I'm, home, I'm home more often uh, than I would have been if there wasn't the quarantine going on. Uh, but with a large family and things going on, it just it feels like I don't necessarily have excess time to get things done because um, there's always something going on. But how we utilize our time is a very important thing. Um, we, I think we need to be intentional as Christians uh, to think about how we are spending the time that we have. What do we do with it? And uh, for some, uh, this is, I think, a, a great opportunity while we're in this social distancing, what might be the new norm, uh, at least in the near term, uh, is an opportunity to, uh, to take time to accomplish uh, some things that we otherwise maybe wouldn't have the time given our normal schedules because of either work or school or whatever the case may be, um, utilizing maybe some of that freed up time uh, to accomplish other goals in our life. So have you guys tried to utilize that op- this as an opportunity to knock some things off of your own goal list for 2020? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, personally, um, I, I like to make big goals. And so, yes, I did have some goals that I was having a hard time finding time to do here in Uganda, especially with many things going on um, before this uh, quarantine set in. So um, one of them is, is reading. Um, Charlton and Natasha have a huge collection of, of books uh, here at their house and at Antioch and just different other um, different other people here have have uh, interesting books that I was was hoping to read while I'm here and um, this has has provided me with some more time to to get some of that done um, so I've been grateful for that also I've been uh, doing some online Bible courses um, as well as um, some math courses in preparation for uh, hopefully college next fall, and yeah, just trying to also take some more time for for um, uh, praying for for this the situation and for um, growth in my own life um, in my my walk with the Lord. So so all these things, um, yeah, have, have definitely been filling up my time. I haven't been I haven't felt like um, there's been too much time. Yeah, I've been trying to um, catch up on some reading as well. Um, one thing the coronavirus has done is thrown some of my future plans into question. So I've spent actually quite a bit of time um, doing some research and preparation for um, some college options in the fall. So um, between that and reading and some personal Bible study, that's taken up a lot of my extra time. What about you, Natasha? How do you feel the quarantine has affected your daily routine? Well, as most of you know, we are a homeschool family. So most of my time is spent 
um, schooling the children. So my day-to-day has probably changed the least out of everybody. My schedule is pretty much the same. I've been trying to incorporate some more projects into our day, making Play-Doh, doing different crafts, listening to audiobooks, different things like that, I think, help. Charlton has also done a really cool project with the boys. He, I don't know if anybody has heard of the game Cornhole, but he made some cornhole boards with the boys and I sewed up some bean bags. And so that's something the children have really been enjoying is uh, going outside and playing cornhole. So that's been really fun. But um, yeah, I, I find that routine and structure work best with having such a big family. Um, that's what works for us, getting up at the same time, having our breakfast, doing doing our normal stuff really helps it feel like we're not quarantined in. We're just trying to get all of our stuff done. So yeah, it's going quite well. And of course, there is the bonus of having Charlton home more and we just love that. So that's really nice. And I'm sure a lot of you ladies out there can relate. Stan, you were mentioning doing some Bible classes or Bible courses online. And I myself have also been trying to do some online Bible courses. And I have two that I would highly recommend. The first is N.T. Wright online. He has some really good content. And he's actually offering uh, several courses free uh, in light of the coronavirus, trying to give people a platform and opportunity to utilize their time to study God's Word in depth. And Charlton, if somebody doesn't know who N.T. Wright is, could you briefly give a bio on who he is? Sure. Uh, So N.T. Wright is his scholarly name when he's working in academics. Uh, He is a New Testament scholar. He also goes by Tom Wright, so he has many books. He's a a famous author. Um, Someone has once said that he has probably written more books than he's actually read, Uh, but he's a prolific author. And uh, he's known as either N.T. Wright in his academic work or just in his everyday layman work, he's known as Tom Wright. So he's, I would highly recommend his work. He has some great stuff on the kingdom of God. The other platform that I would recommend, highly, highly recommend for doing biblical studies is thehistoricfaith.com. If you have not checked it out, definitely go on there. They have a 30-day free trial right now. And this is put on, it's a project by Sattler College and Scroll Publishing where you can really saturate yourself in the teachings of the early church. Uh, What does it mean to be a citizen in the kingdom of God? How do we understand salvation? Is it mechanical? Um, There's just a lot of great content on that platform. So go check them out at thehistoricfaith.com. So I want to maybe shift our discussion here a little bit. I want to talk about a story that we find in the Bible, and it's going to be in 1 Kings as we talk about the story of Elijah. And there have been various points throughout human history, um, but specifically here thinking about Bible history, that God's covenant people have faced times of isolation and solitude, imprisonment, uh, exile, 
you know, we can think about uh, the exile of the southern kingdom of Judah as well as the northern kingdom of Israel in the various times, uh, you know, Daniel finding himself as a stranger, a foreigner exiled in the land of Babylon, and thinking about uh, the Apostle Paul, right? And, you know, he had a lot of opportunity and time and isolation uh, and what he could do and utilize his time for, uh, the good in that. And so I just want to think about or have some reflections here on 1 Kings. So we're going to start in chapter 19. And before I get into this, the other day I was actually walking to the grocery store. I had to go to the ATM and to stop at the grocery store to get a, a couple items. And so as I was walking, I uh, ran into someone that I knew and a Ugandan man. And we chatted at a, at a safe distance. We chatted with each other. And he asked a question, you know, how do we understand the coronavirus in the world right now and, and what's happening? You know, what is the message? Is God trying to communicate something to us? And he had shared a little bit about how these different self-professed prophets are making all kinds of major prophecies in light of what's going on. And I think going back into God's word is a great way for us to be grounded and not be carried away um, by what many people are saying or prophesying or, you know, whatever the case may be. We can, we can be grounded in what God has revealed to us through the scriptures. So 1 Kings 19, starting in verse 11, the context here is it's the story of Elijah and he has already defeated all the prophets of Baal, and he's running from Jezebel, and now he is met by a stranger who gives him some substance, some bread and water as he journeys. And in verse 11 here, it says, Then he said, Go out and stand on the mountain before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by, and a great and strong wind tore into the mountain and broke the rocks in pieces before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind, and after the wind, an earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake, and after the earthquake, a fire. But the Lord was not in the fire, and after the fire, a still, small voice. So it was, when Elijah heard it, that he wrapped his face in the, in the mantle and went out and stood in the entrance of the cave. Suddenly a voice came to him and said, What are you doing here, Elijah? The Septuagint there, where it says a still, small voice, says a quiet, gentle breeze. And so I think it's interesting to, to think about in the midst of calamity, in the midst of something major happening, a lot of times we're trying to understand the why or find the reasoning in the midst of the chaos of whatever the situation may be. And I think it's interesting here that, you know, the Lord is, is passing by, but he's not in the strong wind that shakes the rocks. He's not in the earthquake. He's not in the fire. But this gentle, still, small voice that Elijah is listening for is where the presence of the Lord is. And so I wonder, you know, what does that mean for us as Christians as we think about the the chaos in some ways that the coronavirus is creating for a lot of people it's it's it really is impacting everyone around the world and uh, you know I think we're 
we really are not feeling it the way that a lot of our um, the the Ugandan people that we're around are feeling it in a in a different way than we are. They don't have access to the same resources, and it's it's a lot more of a challenge for them. And so sometimes I wonder if our questions are are directed the wrong way and the wrong direction, and we're looking for answers in the wrong place, and rather than being still and in the quiet, in the reflection and the meditation, um, where God is, is where God is trying to maybe speak something to us. So Stan, what are your thoughts? I'll get yours first, and then we'll ask Graham. What are your thoughts on uh, the story of Elijah here? Yeah, that that does uh, the story does really um, have some parallels with this situation. Um, there's a quote that I, I would like to read. Um, I, I just finished a book by um, Richard Foster, uh, The Celebration of Discipline, and one of the things he talks about is solitude. Um, there's a paragraph in his, his chapter on solitude. I'll just, I'll just read the paragraph. Solitude is more a state of mind and heart than it is a place. There is a solitude of the heart that can be maintained at all times. Crowds, or the lack of them, have little to do with this inward attentiveness. It is quite possible to be a desert hermit and never experience solitude. So that last sentence especially is what I'd like to just uh, comment on, and I, I'd like to compare that with, with Elijah. I, I think, um, as I was thinking about the, the story, I, you know, sometimes we think that we can, we can in order to, to be alone with God, that means like being all um, by ourselves, isol- isolated in some desert somewhere. And, you know, maybe in this time of quarantine, um, a lot of people have the opportunity to do that to some extent. Um, but I think um, solitude is, is more than that. It's, it's um, Elijah had big things in his life to think about, just like you were, you were talking about. And, you know, it'd be so easy now to get focused on, um, so focused on the coronavirus or on, you know, the economy or, um, you know, all the other situations around us that we fill our minds with fear and worry and we don't actually take the time to, to meditate on God. I, mean, I know for even for, um, in my own life, I can I definitely attest to this, where um, some mornings that I've, you know, instead of starting my day with, with, um, with prayer and meditation, I've, I've uh, looked at the news first and, and that just tends to, you know, get me all um, thinking about the the latest updates, the latest numbers, and it's it's hard to just put that aside and, and focus again on um, what what the scriptures are saying and just meditate. So I think in the story of Elijah, one of the things that I take from it is um, some of these big things that I can't change. Um, I can pray about them, but trying to, to focus on uh, the still small voice um, of God through it. Amen. And I just want to say that I really love that quote you shared. So thank you. Yeah, I totally agree. And along with that, um, Elijah uh, heard God in the still small voice. And this may seem obvious, but he was only able to hear that voice because he was listening for it. And um, the the earthquake and the fire, the obvious things that God sometimes uses to get our attention. Um, he uses those to get our attention, but often the still small voice, we need to be listening for that. And I think in 
a time of quarantine, we have more opportunity, maybe more time, um, more just space to be alone and quiet. But that doesn't mean that we're taking that opportunity. And it seems like, especially with the coronavirus, just the digital noise is so loud that it takes a lot of intentionality to um, to be still and to listen for God's um, small voice to speak to us. Yeah, that's a great point. That's a really good thought there, Brother Graham. And thank you, Stan. I too enjoyed that quote and and your thoughts. Yeah, Graham. Um, one thing that I've found helps. Um, some some days I've been putting my phone on do not disturb until uh, noon or afternoon, and I hope it hasn't been um, inconveniencing anyone too much. <laughs> they haven't been able to get a hold of me, but I do find that helps. Um, just staying a little disconnected from the the digital noise, like you said. Yeah, I think with. Uh, I would say most people probably are finding themselves with a lot more time on their hand than than they had before, and the danger in that is is you could either use that time to find that still to listen for that still small voice, like you talked about, that gentle breeze that comes. Uh, and sadly, I would say a lot of people might find themselves being carried away with all of the the digital distractions that are out there. And so, you know, I just want to encourage you, the listener, you know, find time, uh, find time for, to listen to that still small voice, uh, utilize the digital platforms in a redeeming way. There's, we've given you some options with the Bible courses. You, this podcast is a great opportunity to hopefully be encouraged and strengthened and, and uh, using your time in a wise manner. So I chuckled a little bit at one part um, at the thought of having more time on our hands with quarantine. I think a lot of us mamas have just, I mean, as much time as we had before, if not less time um, with not being able to readily go to the store or any of those things. I know that we've been making a lot more. Well, we make most things from scratch. We don't have um, a lot of the frozen food and easy access to things like we would in the West. But even just making bread and some of those things that are not necessarily readily available, um, it takes a lot more time. And so I personally really do struggle with finding time and finding that still small voice and um, being able to to focus. Like that's definitely a struggle that I have. And admittedly, I do, when I do have quiet time, my first thought is not always like spending time with the Lord and, and, and being in prayer. And I, I struggle with being intentional with my time. We can be very tempted as people to, like these guys were saying, just spend our time on digital distractions. And some of that can be good distraction, you know, catching up with family, FaceTiming, um, that sort of thing. But it can also, when you are, um, when you are alone, you 
can be tempted to look at things that are inappropriate or not really um, holy, things that Christians should not be spending their time on. Um, Or it could just be mindless scrolling, which sometimes I catch myself doing, Um, just seeing what other people are up to. And um, that's not the best use of time either. One scripture that I wanted to share is 1 Peter 2, 9 through 10. But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light, who once were not a people, but are now the people of God, who had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. And so I think that's something for me to um, remember is that we are a royal priesthood, a holy nation. And just because we are right now physically separated from the world doesn't mean we're separated from the world the way the Bible commands it. Yeah, the the principle or the teaching of separation is a huge topic and probably not one that we can fully unpack here tonight, but we could at least scratch the surface. But it is a important one. Uh, and the way that a lot of people think about separation from the world is their focus tends to go on the things they can't do, the things they have to stop, and they're no longer to be able, no longer going to be able to participate in. And we need to shift our thinking to what it actually means to be separated. Um, coming out from is what is is a part, but the focus is that we're actually separated unto. And what are we separated unto is we're separated unto God. When you look at the story of Israel, the whole reason God is bringing them out of their bondage is to separate them from Egypt, uh, to, to free them from their slavery, but he's bringing them unto himself to enter into a covenant so they could be a separate people as natasha has already said um, like we see peter uh, talking about it's the same language that's being employed in in the new testament when peter is speaking uh, that's being used when you look at exodus 19 and it's talking about this uh, kingdom of priests this holy nation that is going to manifest to make known God to the rest of the world. And this is one of the pinnacles of separation is that God wants to do something with us. He wants to do something in us, with us, and through us for the rest of the world to be a blessing to the nations. But this can only happen when we've, when we've actually separated ourselves, not just looking at all the things we have to stop doing, but actually what God wants us to do so we can be fully separated unto him. Yeah, Charlton, um, just yesterday I had a conversation with someone that um, he had been he'd been reading the Bible and had just discovered this the first time, and he was really excited about it. He said that um, he, was, he, had, he had realized that some of the things in the Old Testament that he had always wondered about why there was, maybe they were different than the New Testament, he, he had realized that um, some of these things the Old Testament um, clearly said that priests were not allowed to do. Priests were to, they were separated unto God. Um, And then he realized that, wait, we as Christians are um, to be separated unto God the way that um, priests were in in the Old Testament. And that's why we have a higher standard. 
and this was all making sense to him now and so he was he was excited about the fact that yes we're separated to god and he was eager to to live that out in his in his life so it was a really good um conversation um i think that can can change the way we look at at scripture and um even the the higher standard that we're called to in the new testament and a mindset shift that has been uh, helpful for me in thinking about separation is that as Christians, we are separate, separated from the world. Um, I think that Paul says that we have been called out of darkness into the kingdom of his beloved son. And so uh, that's helpful for me to think about it in the way that I'm not climbing my way out of the world or trying to run away from the world but when i became a christian i was separated from the world and now i have to think about so what does that look like to be separated and maybe in reality day to day it looks like we are sort of moving further from the world which i think is a good thing but to have in my mind that i am separated and now i have to live that out as a separated person. And I also think that um, changes the way that we look at reaching out to others. Because um, when we're in the world, you're not reaching out to another person, right? Because they're right there with you. It's only when you are separated from the world that you can reach out to people that are in the world in the sense of living with worldly desires and lifestyles. Amen, Brother Graham. I think the reality that we have truly been separated uh, on what Christ has done for us. There's a passage in Colossians where Paul says that we have been translated out of the kingdom of darkness and into the kingdom of the Son of His love, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. And so that is a tremendous reality that has been brought to us through the work of Jesus Christ and that we've been called out of or separated from this world and separated unto God and the work that he has for us as his covenant people. There's another passage that Natasha read earlier, and it's in 1 Peter, and I just want to go there one more time and read it because it is a tremendous passage, especially in light of what we're talking about. It's, it's the exact language that's being used uh, as we talked about before in Exodus, uh, when we read about the story of Israel and what it means for them to be coming out of Egypt, which is a, a type of for us that, you know, Pharaoh is is analogous to Satan, Egypt analogous to the world. And um, this journey of Israel coming out is uh, similar to the journey for us as Christians coming out of the world and being separated unto God. So it's in First Peter 2.9. But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light, who once were not a people, but are now the people of God, who had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy." And so that's just a tremendous thought to think about how we once were not a people, but now we are. We didn't have mercy, but now we do have mercy. And in light of that, 
uh, how are we going to go and share that same mercy and that same light with others around us? So do any of you have any closing thoughts before we wrap up today's episode? Well, it's been a good discussion. I enjoyed that. Um, in closing, uh, I'd like to, to leave us with a few verses from Ephesians 5, verses 15 and 16. Um, See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Uh, we've talked a lot about um, how, we, how we use our time, and especially in, in quarantine and, and in, in regard to, to separation um, from the world. Um, but regarding these verses, one of my friends once once said that he likes to think about um, every everything in his life that he does, um, not in terms of like is this okay? Is this something that that I'd be allowed to do? Is this something that that um, you know the scripture specifically forbids? Um, no, instead of instead of thinking about things that way, he likes to think of is this the best possible thing I could be doing with this amount of time? Because we all have um, 24 hours in a day, and um, none of us are given more, none of us are given less. This is the amount of time that God has given us, whether we're in quarantine or uh, back to normal life, this is the amount of time that, that we have. And so just thinking about, is this, is what I'm doing right now, is that the best possible use of that time? Um, I think that that is what we're called to, to think about, um, and, and this um, this time gives us some extra, extra opportunity to, to, to reflect on that. So thanks again for, for having us on. Well, my final thought is let's not allow the things of this world to shape our thoughts, values, morals, entertainment, or lifestyle. And I think entertainment is a big one, especially in our day and age being in quarantine. So I just challenge you to think about the music you're listening to, books you're reading, movies you're watching, or allowing your children to watch, and is it pleasing to the Lord? And yeah, let's just keep in mind that our citizenship is in heaven, so let's eagerly await our Savior. All right, everyone. Thank you for listening to this episode of By Our Love. If you liked it, um, you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and be sure to like it and leave a review as well. You can also follow on Instagram at podcast by our love. And also, uh, as Charlton mentioned earlier, if you're looking for some great Bible study material, head over to thehistoricfaith.com and you can get a 30-day free trial to check that out. So, until next time. And may the Lord bless you as you go out or stay in and don't forget your mask.